Welcome to Season 3 of Trying Our Best, a mother-daughter good place podcast. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Ayla. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 10 of The Good Place. So where we left off, our four humans and Michael were, oh, and Janet, were being chased by demons, so they ran through the Good Place mail chute to escape. Oh, not just demons. That's why you were asking. Who also the accountants from the the neutral accounting office. Should we redo that? No, we just we fixed it. And now they're in the mailroom of the good place, the real good place, like the legit fucking good place. Except it's not quite the actual good place. There's a door to the actual good place, as Eleanor puts it there, four Oreos away from heaven, but they can't get there, right? They can't they can't get through that door because they're humans. Plus they have a really ugly carpet. There's some pretty ugly carpeting. But um they do have some qualities of the good place. For instance, they can't say curse words and the some interesting smells. So if you could smell the best smell in the world, any smell. In the universe, what would it be? So for Eleanor, the good place smells like her favorite um, water park from a kid. For Chidi, it smells like warm pretzels and the smell of absolute moral truth, which Janet informs him are very similar smells. Uh, For Jason, it smells like being given an award by Blake Bortles. And for Tahani, it smells like the curtain closing between uh, first class and economy class on the on the plane first class and non-first class so we were talking about what would our smells smell like if we could capture the smell we like best it would probably be like that smell in the air like that feeling where like the house is clean and your friends are coming over that like I can smell that and I like it that's a smell you like because you don't seem to do the things that get us to that smell very often I have to say quiet mom <laughs> my favorite favorite smell is right after a really hard thunderstorm in the summer when it's kind of hot and then the sun comes up and like it still smells like rain in the air it's just such a like an earthy and clean and just really makes you feel like you're kind of connected to the whole world around you and understand your part in it. I just, that, that would be the smell that I, I would definitely, smell all the time. I definitely like that smell. I just don't know if it's my favorite smell, but I do enjoy that smell. Also lilacs. I love the smell of lilacs. So lilacs, right after rain in the thunderstorm near a lilac bush. That's what it would smell like. Michael is planning to use the fact that they're in the good place as an opportunity to get the good place committee to come and hear his accusation that the bad place has been cheating and to look at his evidence that the points are not adding up, that no one has gotten in for 500 years and that something has to be wrong. And so they're all kind of sneaking around, but he does that. He gets the committee to come. And then what happens, Ayla? Everything goes well until it goes bad. So the committee is listening to Michael and they say that They are going to look into this and they're going to put a stop to it in 400 years. And Michael's like, do you know how many people will be tortured in 400 years? 
So the Good Place Committee is kind of a parody of people's best intentions, right? And it wasn't even 400 years to fix the problem. It was 400 years to form the committee to look at the problem. So they're, they always want to do things perfectly, and they have a whole bunch of rules that they have to follow, and they never, ever break the rules. And so they're kind of making fun of people who pay more attention to the rules than they do to the actual point of what they're doing, right? That if, if, it is, if your definition of being good is more about following the rules, rules than it is about making a big difference, then the show is kind of saying, are you actually good? Are you actually doing what you should be? Well, it depends on how, like, accurate those rules are. Like, for quite some times, our um, our world have has had some not-so-fair rules, like racism and sexism and, like, um, things that should not be against the rules. But... I feel like um, our world has done a lot to make a change to those things. So what I'm hearing you saying from that point is you have to question where did the rules come from and who made them to begin with, right? Like rules are always created by someone, um, unless we're talking about like the rules of science, right? Like if we're talking about like, the rules of how time or space or physics work or something like that. But when we're talking about the rules you can break, the rules that you can um, – you can either decide, am I going to follow these rules or not? We're talking about rules that humans created, right? And we know humans are not flawless. And so that means that these rules could be not excellent. They could be, they could have flaws in them too. So a while back, I think we talked about how like, um, it depends on your circumstances and you can't have a rule for every, every little thing. You have to change the rule sometimes. And to their credit, it did seem like the Good Place Committee was willing to admit that rules sometimes need to be changed. They weren't being so rigid as to say, these are the rules, we can never ever change them. This is how the system works, we can never ever change it. But their process for changing a rule was so long and so tedious and so involved that Michael was reminding them all of the people who are going to get hurt in the... 1500 years that you're talking about in the time it takes to get this committee going that's that's millions of people who are going to be tortured that shouldn't be and don't you think you have a responsibility to them don't you think that you you have a responsibility to to act faster and so this kind of is mirrored in a conversation that Cheedy is having with Eleanor for a totally different reason So Eleanor is trying to, like, break through the door into the good place. She's trying to open it, but Chidi says that that door isn't for humans and it is impossible to open. But then Eleanor says, and I quote, that that door is, like, two inches thick. She is four Oreos away from heaven. Just four Oreos. And after all she has been through, she wants to she wants to get through those those four Oreos. She wants... She wants all of this to pay off. But as time goes on and they keep talking, we find out what she's really freaking out about is how much she loves Chidi and how she's never been very good at being open in a relationship and being vulnerable. And that the fact that she's happy right now just makes her think about how much risk there is for the future because today's happiness is all the stuff that she could lose if something goes wrong. And she'd almost rather not have any happiness than have the risk of all that loss. So Chidi gives her a quote from Tolstoy that says, there's only one time we have any power, now. 
And this is a concept that comes up again and again um, in a lot of different disciplines. The idea that the past is already over, you can't predict the future, so the only really moment you have to act is this one. I think it's important to think about the past and sometimes the future, but it also matters about, like, sometimes you'll be thinking, like, about too much about the future and you'll be worrying about what's to come, but and sometimes you just need a break to focus on now. But I also think that you can, like, learn from your past mistakes, and I also think that you need to plan some things. It's complicated. Yeah, like most of the answers we've kind of come to through doing this podcast and ask, and thinking about the questions that come up in The Good Place, the answer is, you know, it's it's complicated and it takes a balance, right? You you don't want to completely forget about the past because then you're doomed to repeat your mistakes. You don't want to constantly be planning for the future because then you're not taking advantage of the moment you have right now. But you don't want to always be only focused on the present if planning ahead a little bit or reflecting on the past can make you better. So you kind of have to figure out how to make a balance for all of them. And I think that that balance changes depending on what you're doing, right? If you're doing something very similar to something you've done in the past, then more reflection on the past is probably worthwhile because you're going to learn lessons from it. If you're doing something that's going to have a long-term impact, then thinking about the impact it might have on the future is probably more important than if you're just making a decision that isn't going to have much of an impact. Which that brings us to the big idea from this show. So while um, Jason and Tahani were in Janet's void, um, they, they, they found the video that Janet secretly loves Jason, and Jason wants to talk about that. But Janet's disguise is a neutral Janet that doesn't have feelings. So when she talks about her feelings, she sort of might accidentally let them out and blow her cover. So this has all turned into a complicated mess, and Tahani keeps trying to help, but every time she tries to help, she ends up making it worse. So she goes to Michael for some advice, and Michael's like, why are we worried about Jason and Tahani right now when the world is, or Jason and Janet right now when the world is about to end again? But um, Tahani says something that really is important to him. She says, there's all these unintended consequences, even though I'm trying to make things better. And Michael realizes something important. Michael realizes that the bad place is not cheating because they do not need to the world is getting more and more complicated every second and like your decisions will get more complicated because well one guy brought a dozen roses to his grandmother and he gained some points and that was hundreds of years ago but then this other guy brought roses to um, his grandmother, and he lost points because because, because um, the roses were um, were from like a bad like um, the roses were bad for the environment, and um, the workers that harvest them were being treated really badly, and um, they were they he bought them from a racist CEO and. It, it it's just it just got complicated and that's why one person gained points and the other one lost them so basically what michael discovers is that the world has gotten so much more complicated that people are not fully aware of the impact their actions have on the world around them and even when they are aware of them they often don't have a lot of good choices 
they don't have a lot of good alternatives, right? The man who bought his grandma roses 200 years ago probably bought them from a local florist who had grown them themselves and he just bought the flowers and then walked them over and handed them to his grandmother. But the guy who bought them today bought them by ordering them on a cell phone that was has materials in it that was mined by slave labor and then the the roses that he bought were used used pesticides that hurt the environment and he helped make a ceo who was racist and terrible more money all without even probably knowing or thinking about those things and so that those consequences those unintended consequences are everywhere in a world that becomes more and more complex and that brings us to our question of the day How responsible are we for our unintended consequences? So pause the podcast, think about it, talk about it, maybe even write about it, and then come back. Welcome back. So this is a question that I actually really do think about in my real life a lot because it is very hard to be, um, as we would call it, an ethical consumer in this society because you don't always know where like the money that you're spending, where it ultimately ends up because lots of times companies, even if you find that that individual company looks like it's doing a good job, it could be part of its parent company might be doing something that you disagree with. And there isn't a lot of transparency. You don't always know what what companies are doing with the money. Uh, You don't always know what materials are being used to create something or how those materials were sourced. And for a lot of people, the products that do have that kind of transparency and responsibility, they're just too expensive. So they can't afford them because um, they cost so much more than products that don't have that kind of information on them. And it can just be really hard to make sure that you're kind of taking the right actions and doing the right thing in a world where you don't always have the information to make those choices or you don't always have the options to do better, even if you do know that it's not the best choice. I, I, I don't really... See, see, this one is tricky because... I, I'm not an adult, and I can't make as much a big of an impact on the world as um some adults can, because um, well, one, I've never really thought about um how like the things that I buy and um, um, the things that I do might hurt other people. I have never really thought about that, and I didn't. I didn't think that it would matter on, like, the company or whatever. But watching The Good Place, it taught me. But one thing that a lot of people who do care about these things, who are trying to be ethical consumers say, is that we can't fix it as individuals, right? That just one individual saying, well, fine, I won't buy this. um, Or, hey, I won't. Like, this comes up a lot with, like, package packages for that use plastic, right? Single-use plastics. We know that those are bad for the environment. We know they're causing all kinds of problems. And a lot of companies package things in a way that 
the packaging is just thrown away as soon as you buy the thing, right? So it's a lot of waste for, um, and, and the company could fix it, right? We have a lot of alternatives. Uh, there's a lot of materials that the company could use instead that are recyclable or that are biodegradable and that would help fix some of those problems. In some cases, they're not even more expensive for the company to use. They would just have to change their process. So instead, with we often have right now is we tell individual consumers like you need to be responsible and not buy things if they're packaged just a certain way and we can try to do that but the fact is is that we're just never going to have as much power as a big company making the decision from the top to say okay we're going to stop using that packaging and so what we really need here is more pressure on those companies to do the right thing in a collective way so that we don't have so much responsibility to try to make those decisions as individuals. Because um, if de- if delivery companies are giving p- are, are making um, plastic and a bunch of waste, then if one person just says, hey, this is bad for the environment, um, you should stop doing this, and then they stop ordering from that company, then millions of other people might still order from that company and they'll think, well, we make more profits, just not as much from that person. And it would, it would make more sense to, um, to supply the people, the millions of people um, that will give you money than just one person who doesn't like it, which means we all need to group together and um, stop things like world hunger and um, pollution and well for instance about a week ago me and my family um we went outside with some trash grabbers and we saw a bunch of other people outside with trash grabbers too and I was just thinking that if we were the only ones out there then we probably could have couldn't have done that much which means that um you might need help if you want to change the world yeah, that's a really good point. I think a lot of times we frame stuff as an individual responsibility because we have control over ourselves. But I think that recognizing that we need other people to be in it with us in order to be effective is is a, a major part of actually making the change we want to see. So... Meanwhile, Tahani apologized to Janet for making things so complicated, and then Janet starts crying, and then Tahani starts crying, and then Jason walks in and he starts crying, and then a good place person walks in and asks why two humans and a neutral Janet that doesn't have emotion is crying. And then she says that she's going to have to call the judge, but then Michael walks up and says that he already did, and they are going to the IHOP, the inter... The, the inter... The, I don't know. There's just a hole of pancakes. It stands for the interdimensional hole of pancakes. It's a, it's a place where the judge's power can't immediately stop them so they can go have a meeting. And that is where we will pick up next episode. We hope you'll come back and join us. Mm-hmm.